0: Hello and welcome to the Be Better podcast, where we believe any and every area of your life has a little more potential that you can tap into to change the course and trajectory of your outcomes. My name is Clarissa Parody, and I am your host. And I have worked and trained in the worlds of business strategy, leadership, and performance. And I am the person who believes in and creates success where there appears to be ceilings. And if that sounds like something that's in your world, your reality, and something you want more of, welcome to the show. It is a great day to change. Your life, let's go. Oh my gosh, today is the day. Let me tell you, I have told this gentleman, Tom Ryan, uh, that I wanted him on my podcast basically from the day I started it. And here we are, <laughs> 10 months later. And we've done it, we've done it, we've come here. And of all months to do it, it is Cybersecurity Awareness Month. And uh Tom is a ninja in this world, and he actually knows a ton of stuff. And he has businesses, he has partnerships, he has done security in many respects. And uh, I cannot wait to have this conversation with you. You've told me some things just as we were talking before we started. There are things you told me that I thought should be headlining news. And so for those of you who are wondering what's happening behind the scenes in the world of as security with you and your information and your identity, you might find out some things that maybe you didn't know about that are happening right now. So welcome to the show, Tom. I'm so excited to have you on.
1: Thank you, Clarissa. It's been a while. I mean, we talked about this forever, and it's an uh, interesting time you picked. You know, it's cybersecurity awareness month. It's also <laughs> it's also election season, so it's very busy. Okay, <laughs> with the worlds of misinformation and fake accounts and the hacks going on, and all that kind of stuff. So, perfect timing.
0: It is perfect timing. And so just to give a little bit about you. So people, this is when in the world of subject matter experts, Tom is one of them. So Tom, do you want to give us a little bit of a highlight reel of like, what, what do you know about?
1: All right. So this is interesting. I got into this industry before it was even an industry. Okay. So literally this is the part that makes everybody laugh. They ask, how'd you get into it? I said, Harry Potter. Everyone's like, what? (laughs) So (laughs) <laughs> Harry Potter, because I was working at Scholastic at the time. Okay. You know, the kids publishing company, you know, Clifford.
0: I was all about Scholastic. A- that was that little red bar on the books. I felt like I had yep. the best books. Yep. I was all about Scholastic as a kid.
1: So we were launching the first Harry Potter website at the time. Okay. Yes, I know. It was a while ago. And well, some little kid, the little 16 year old kid said, well, let me do, let me hack this thing. And hacking back then was just like sight defacement. It's like going out and doing a graffiti piece on a wall. all right. So that's what he did. And I'm like, interesting. We It took me and my friend, you know, maybe about an hour to track down who he was. Um, so after that, we scared him a little bit. And then there was an el- another Chinese-American hack war that nobody knew about. Okay? Mind you, this was like 99. Uh
0: Just a couple of years ago. Just a couple of years ago. You know, I really feel like the 90s was last year.
1: (laughs) Oh, God, don't start playing 90s music, please. I won't, I won't. Yeah, so, and that's where the whole journey began. So from that, you know, I just started getting into different things. You know, I was trying working for the government. This government is not for me. You know, I'm like, these guys, the old saying of slow is smooth, smooth is fast. The government is like a sloth.
0: Hmm.
1: Okay. <laughs> That's how slow they were moving. I'm like, yeah, this ain't for me. And then I got out and i built building a pen test team. Okay. So if you don't know what pen tests are, these are the guys that I know it sounds perverted. Um, penetration tests. I don't know who came up with it. Hackers have very perverted minds. So <laughs> it's basically you get paid to break into a, any company through a hole. right, so I guess that's where they came up with it. Um, So you're going in, you're breaking in, and I'm like, wow, this is easy. And you get to doing it all day long. And it's like this whole mindset. And how deep can you go? All right, so from that, it's like, all right, found this hole. Let's see how deep we go, boom. And then you get to these big hacks. And it's like, man, this is like the keys to the kingdom. And there was one place I found a security hole for. It took them three years to fix it. It wasn't the company's fault. It was the software's fault. Wow. All right. And, and that's kind of where the whole mindset of application security comes in. So my mindset from there is people are like code. Okay. Okay. They're vulnerable. Walk
0: me through this. Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> no, no. We, because we every, every aspect of security. So I've worked cyber. I've worked physical. You name it. I've worked the code development. There's three things you have to ask yourself am i vulnerable mm-hmm. am i exploitable and how do i protect myself all right people are like code because you know you look at a person and you you see things that, are they empathetic you know are they sympathetic all these ways are you know people you know exploit things and the person who said this best was harry houdini okay with the eyes see and the ears hear the mind believes
0: this is so true I mean, think about everything, like, even like as a child, Santa Claus, your parents, I don't know if you told your kids that Santa Claus was real. My parents loved pretending to be Santa Claus and they would make the whole thing happen. But my, I heard what, what I thought to be true. My parents made it look as if it was real. And let me tell you when I discovered it was a lie. It was a very sad day. It was a very sad day, but it happens in every facet, whether it's, you know, is this healthy for me? Is sugar bad for me? Is that is salt bad for me? It's it's not limited to anything. It's sleight of hand, really.
1: Yep. Well, you were silly to bring it up. I would have been exploiting that forever. It's like, you want me to believe that? Sure. Am I going to believe it? No, but I'll enjoy the gifts. But I mean, come on.
0: I, I thought, I, I, well, I mean, I had younger sisters, so I got to benefit from that discovery that Santa was not real but I was like, <laughs> so there's no reindeer. They don't fly. There's no North pole. I mean, there's a North pole, but it's not like how it's not how I envisioned it. And so, I mean, I got, I got at least another like four years out of it before. Santa you,
1: could take stopped a coming. Mushroom. you could take a mushroom and the North pole will appear
0: <laughs> a little psychedelic adventure and be like, wait, hey, what happened?
1: Yeah, I mean, I saw some of the stuff you post. I mean, I'm like, wow, she can imagine it or post pole there. Like, wow. Yeah, no, I know. mean, and that's kind of the way I've always looked at it. I mean, because all we hear is people getting social engineered and like, oh, I want to get into cybersecurity. Where do I start? I'm like, social engineering. Okay. Mm. Because let's be realistic. I always say it, social engineering is like being the angry girlfriend. Okay. Mm. Or 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 the woman, because they're born with it. They, they learn how to manipulate daddy when they're like a year old.
0: Oh, this, okay, to be clear, Tom has a daughter. <laughs> He's learning I this. I do,
1: <laughs> and that's why I can attest to this. I mean, my little munchkin, this girl is like the master. At it. She wants something. She walks up to me, gives me a hugs and gives this little shake. And it's like, what do you want, Emma? And then I never know what she gets until I go and look at Instagram. And I'm like, hon um why is our two-year-old daughter wearing versace and prada
0: <laughs> i financed it what do you want from me
1: <laughs> I, I, exactly no no financing it's just i'm like oh. you might as well just get her into modeling so she gets it for free
0: yeah like get get some promotion deals here
1: <sighs> yeah and, and that's kind of the way it oh it always starts off you know yeah. and it's like, where else do I start? You know, and a lot of people don't realize the talents you need to get in this industry are embedded in you. I mean, you, I, I guarantee you, I can turn you into a cybersecurity professional in six months. No way. Yeah. So
0: so if you were to start that process, what would be one of the things you would teach me?
1: So first of all, you are, su- so you're a super extrovert. Unlike me, I, the only reason why I'm able to talk to you is because we've known each other. Me, yeah, <laughs> I trust no one. No one. <laughs>
0: That's, I, hey, I mean, you know what? I mean, for an extroverted person, I also trust no one. I'm like, I'm, I will run the room. I'm the social engineer of the situation so that I feel safe. So yes, okay, great.
1: <laughs> all right, so most, most of the hackers you will meet are introverts. Some are sort of kind of like omniverts because, you know, when you get in a room full of people like-minded, you, you'll, you'll talk a little bit. But try and social engineering, there are true professionals. I tell them, have fun with that one. I'm like, uh, uh, when you get those fake text messages, I just have fun with those. And you know, everyone's like, "Why am I getting all of these?" I'm like, "Dude, don't you read the news?" And I realize, oh, the news I read is a lot different than the news they read. They read, they go to Fox and then CNN, and I'm looking at hacker news.
0: Right. So it's a niche news, and it's just interesting to me though that, like, because so much of our lives is digital now, that this wouldn't be some of the crazy focal points available or like forf- in the forefront of news media. Like I, I, it baffles me.
1: Yeah. Perfect example is last year. So probably one of the biggest security exploits that came out. I remember it clearly, December 7th. Okay. It was the day this exploit that came out was called Log4J or Log4Shell. And basically it was an open source exploit that pretty much shook up the world. Well, the security community, the rest of the world didn't know about it. Now to give an example of how bad this was, this impacted about Mm. 60 to 70% of every device connected to the internet.
0: I had no, what, so what happened?
1: So essentially what happened was, so when I worked, so when I worked at HP, Okay, we did a talk about this at one of the big hacker conferences, our security research team went and spoke about it at uh, Black Hat and talked about how this would be done. This was 2016, didn't come out until 2021, the actual exploit. And the way it happened is it came out on a tweet and then everybody noticed it and were like, oh. And then they came out, what's called the POC, a proof of concept to show how it works and everybody went crazy so th- this this would this is one of the problems that we had so everybody's like you have to put the developers in charge of security i'm like okay never believed in that because they always want the easy button to give an example of how bad this was um i watched a lot of companies and went, a lot to where they had to go in their whole backlog of what was called suppressed vulnerabilities because somebody said it was a false positive, meaning it's not real. Mm. Um, the developers had no holiday break and there's, some of them are still fixing it because they had millions of them suppressed saying they were false positives.
0: That's not good. So no. key, with this tweet that came out on Twitter, how did people like, what? what did it say so that people knew what it was, the exploit was.
1: So everybody goes like, well, nobody's watching me. I don't care. You know, I'm in my own little circle in, on Twitter. No, man, you got people watching all this stuff like you wouldn't believe keyword searches, everything else, you know, and then you have bots out there. All right. I'll call them Intel bots because their whole purpose is to collect intelligence. Okay. And those are the accounts that you see will will follow you, but never tweet anything. Mm. Okay. That would be an Intel collection bot. And the purpose for it is they're curious about things that you're saying. So this one account randomly popped up and tweeted out the exploit. It was in GitHub, which is a code repository. Uh, And then everyone's like, boom, boom, boom. And it was like, wow. And that fast, they zoomed in and like, you literally had people doing tests. So that came out on December 7th. There was a check to make sure if you were vulnerable and exploitable in all the software by December 9th. So you had everybody testing for all of that pretty much until Christmas break. And by then they're like, okay, here is everything you have to go and fix because this is where we're in trouble.
0: So who did it, mo- like you said, 60 to 70% of devices connected to the internet had yep. vulnerabilities. So like my phone, would this, would that be something that was impacted? And if so, what would that mean for someone like me?
1: iPhones would not. So Macs and iPhones were not impacted by it, but some of the software that you put on it would be, Right. Okay, so, for okay. instance, if you're a developer and you put say like Apache Tomcat, you know, for your website there you're a developer and you're running stuff well that was vulnerable and exploitable if every website out there running apache same thing wow. okay so odds are almost every wordpress site out there because it's running on apache right that's okay.
0: so if you had a wordpress website you might have been vulnerable so
1: no we, here's the scarier part uh, oh no so guess what else has apache running on it
0: i don't know if i want to know
1: pacemakers and insulin pumps no way yes
0: that it is unbelievable the devastating impacts that can happen where i don't know if it was with you that I, I i follow tom around he talks about things and i follow him and i listen and but was it you who talked about when someone shut down the internet at google for like for like three seconds on a random sunday at like two in the morning when there was nothing happening anywhere in the world with stock but you could devastate so many things by removing or shutting down access or, or messing with a software, a pacemaker, insulin pumps, like there's a lot of people on those. That's not yeah. uncommon these days.
1: Now, so when you hear about it, too, there's two different types of threats for that. So the first threat would be, okay, if they actually t- attack the target. Well, the, the bigger threat is when they attack the hospital. And usually what that is, it's ransomware to where you have to pay something to get access back. And that's where on the back end, there's lots of talks with the insurance companies and everything else as to whether or not they're gonna cover it. Because these, these attackers, when they go with ransomware, they want millions of dollars. But there's like, money you know, and hacking. <laughs> there's 40 to $60 million sometimes to get your stuff back.
0: And do people pay
1: it? They do, and there was actually a case in the UK where they didn't, and yeah. people died. Like, I believe there was, yeah, I believe there was a young girl that died about it. It's like, wow.
0: Uh-huh. that—that's Because wow. they okay. had no way
1: to access the information that they needed for, um, you know, to take care of that person. You know, so mm-hmm. think of it, if they can't access the information, then they don't know your allergies.
0: This that's is- one scenario like I come from, I come from the generation where we started using computers halfway through our lives. And so I'm still a big pen and paper gal. And let me tell you it, as much as I love having everything access on my phone and I can, I can leave my house with it and pay for things and order food and basically get what I need. If it, if the battery dies or I smash my phone or whatever, I then what? And so to me, I, I can't quite I don't know if I'm confident enough yet to relinquish pen and paper or cash, and that's not to be tin. I mean, I I do have a tinfoil hat I bust out every now and again, but I don't think it's I don't think that's tinfoil hatty. I'm like, no, you have a backup. It's called contingency. Like, why would you do this? I have a question. You mentioned bots, and I just have I have so many questions because I've heard about bot farms. That all those hackers on Instagram. I know you participated in seeing if your Instagram uh, could get hacked by those Bitcoin people. <laughs>
1: uh-huh.
0: And I I don't, I guess I don't really understand them. I didn't like Intel bots. Now that I know about them, and I, it sounds like something out of um, stranger things or a nightmare, but like what kind of bots, what should we be, we, we be watching out for?
1: Right. So there's tons of different types. Okay. Oh, great. So cool. At work. Okay. It's technically considered a bot, but when you go to work, they'll use things like everything social. Okay, because they want you to promote things that are going on at the office. Okay. Technically, that's considered a bot because it's taking all the information from work and you're using your accounts for influence. Okay. Um, There's a pro and a con to it. Yes, you have all these people pushing it for influence. The con is the reach. If you notice, if you do an organic post versus a one through a platform like that, you'll notice your organic reach is gets a lot more views than actually using software like that. Um, That's one case. Then the other case, there's influence bots, okay? So that's to where it floods everything to make it look like something is trending on, say, Twitter, okay, another or LinkedIn. You really want to push a story, you create all these bots, and then you can make that trend. And then guess what? By trending, people think it's a lot more believable, so to me, I think the, I started experimenting with this way back when, probably 2011. And it's when the whole Occupy movement started. Remember all those little lovely protesters everywhere? I found mm-hmm. them annoying.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so I said, all right, you know, I, I looked at it from a couple of different angles. I was approached to it because I looked at it and saw that all these people are gathering in one area and I saw on Al-Shabaab website. It's basically a terrorist website that they were promoting these people to go to go gather at these gatherings. I'm like, oh, crap, something's going to go wrong. So I went down. In my case, it was over Brookfield over in New York City. And just to blend in the role, I dressed like a homeless person, you know, so nobody knew who I was. And then I would watch everything that would go on. And then I went to some of the protester meetings and then I watched these older school like. Woodstock generation protesters, teaching the younger crowd what to do. And then that's when I learned how people started to learn how to control the message. Meaning, you take out your cell phone, you record it, and then when you publish it, you're only publishing the part of the narrative that you want people to see, all right? So that's controlling the story, controlling the message. So everyone's like, well, I heard this on this news channel or this news channel. I'm like, you know what? Go find the original recording and watch the whole thing because I don't care which way you lean politically. They cut snippets to try and influence you to do certain things.
0: There are sound bites that can make people look like the opposite of what they are and who they of who they are and what they stand for. And so right. I, it one thing when I was in university, what I really feel like I walked away with was, uh. I had some really great professors who taught me about critical thinking, and I'm looking at original sources. Mm-hmm. So I can I can remember the advice they said was never trust the news. Uh, you you can't go because they and I didn't understand it at the time because I had no concept of politics. I just I wasn't interested. I did not care. Uh, I was I had I had grades to get. Don't you know? <laughs> so I was like, what's the difference between? CNN and Fox, I don't know their news and their anchors and they're in suits. Like, I, what do you want from me? Mm-hmm. I'm not watching it. But original source content is so important. And I can remember there were people, and I'll actually use this as an example. There were people that I thought, like, the impression I had of Joe Rogan was so wrong. I thought he was, lent a, a led to certain way. I thought he was a Trump supporter. I, th- he is not, and I didn't know. And until I actually listened to him talk and and like see something in its full capacity, not just a 30 second or 10 second soundbite, I was wrong. And there's other people that have been like that with for as well. And it's just like, you you gotta look at the full original source. And even then like, whatever, use a different person use a methodology, use a science paper. You you can lie with statistics Mm. and you're telling the right statistics but if you frame them in the right way you can support your argument. I can use the same data and present it in two different ways. And the crazy thing is, as I was taught that in school. How could you use this data to say pro this? How could you say, use the same data and say anti this? And it was shocking. And it really gave me a line of sight into, you can use data and information if you're taking it yourself and putting it in your own work to say whatever you believe is true. You get that it's open for interpretation. So it really made me mindful of reading other people's information, yeah and and I and I'm that person who, when I read something, I check the citations and I look up the papers because I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I'd like to see the original research, please. It's just fascinating to me. And this so that influence bots, that's part of that whole social engineering you were talking about. Yes, yeah. before we continue down the bot path, do you want to kind of explain to the listeners what so what you mean by social engineering?
1: All right. So social engineering is basically goes back to Harry Houdini with the eyes see and the ears hear, the mind believes. Now, the reason why I always use that phrase when you listen to it, okay, it's the premise of marketing. It's a premise of sales. It's also the premise of deception. Okay.
0: one time's in paradise.
1: (laughs) Right. So the reality of it is there are three different categories. Sales and marketing complement each other. OK, but the deception piece is where then you get the concept of the snake oil salesman, where, you know, working in sales, you get to realize, well, there's only maybe about 10, 15 percent of those snake oil salesmen. And that's usually because mm-hmm. they're not good at their job. OK, but it's at 10 or 15 percent they ruin it for everybody.
0: Absolutely. I would right? have told you like that salespeople were disgusting, but that's not. And I look back and I have so many people that do sell sales in my family that I'm like, "I don't think they're disgusting, but it's just a couple of people who ruin it for everybody,
1: yep, and that's kind of the 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 reality of it. So the so the social engineering piece, you know, came back, and everyone's like, "Well, what's an example? So there was, <laughs> this part's gonna make you laugh. I had one to do, and I had failed I remember this one because I had failed on it, okay and it's because I didn't take things into context, okay, where I was. So it was an engagement at a Bible Institute. So I used the standard techniques, finances, fraud, porn, all that stuff. Well, doing that at a Bible Institute, guess what? They turned everything in. They didn't try and put it in their computers or anything else because the purpose was to get it and put it in the computers or Take over the computer they turned everything in i'm like wow i'm like now if i put this as religious music it probably would have taken a different role okay, okay
0: so okay I, I feel like i am not fully tracking so you go to a bible institute and what what did you do
1: so usually what you're doing is you're leaving stuff around to see who who's going to take it and put it in their computer Oh. And then you take over the computer to allow you to dig deeper.
0: So it's like when a USB stick has malware on it and you use it, they're like, oh, it's a free thing that we're giving you as a sales right. promo. And then, yeah, okay. And people turned it in.
1: Yeah. They turned it in as being suspicious. <laughs> I was like, wow. And I always say, I mean, to really be good at anything, you have to fail. You have to, because your biggest learning lessons are from failing,
0: uh, All right? Yeah. You want to get better quickly, fail fast, fail forward.
1: Right. And that's how I, and I think I learned that way back in high school on the swim team. It's like, yeah, <laughs> you're like, how did I freaking lose? I may have cheated a few times. <laughs> I may have taken like liquid heat and put it on me to make the water glide off of me and move faster. And then you realize don't do that because you get caught, you know, different things like that.
0: How do, how do you get caught with liquid heat
1: on you? Oh, easy. They smell it. On
0: you. Oh, okay. I was like, is that? I guess it has that, like, a, probably a menthol or like. Yeah, it's a, like icy hot. Icy. Oh, yeah. You can't. That's aromatic. That is not essential oil. That I will. No, tell. Because
1: as soon as you hit the water, you're warm. You go faster. You're like, oof.
0: Wow. I didn't yeah. know you were a swimmer. There are so many cool things you do. I feel like we're jumping around, but I, I am well, okay I played with hockey that. too. And you played hockey, and then you also like your career is just. This guy's insane. I wish you all could know and be best friends with Tom, except Tom is an introvert and does not want that, <laughs> yeah. but it's fascinating. So your biggest takeaway from swimming was that fail fast.
1: Oh, but it, got, it got me to the nationals every year, but yeah. Right. You know, wow. I, I was, I was just into it between swimming three sports through high school or, you know, we're always swimming hockey and baseball.
0: Wow. What was your favorite?
1: hockey
0: hockey you could have been in canada man you could have been in canada you should right in I, I
1: could never be a gretzky sorry you,
0: you could never be a gretzky no that's okay that's okay no i feel like because he
1: was actually playing when i played so
0: oh really wow wow you look fantastic how old are you don't tell me i don't need to know i'm
1: 28
0: you're 28 you look fabulous yes <laughs> that is amazing now that, okay. that
1: goes back to the deception piece. Now the real yes. trivia question for you is to figure out why I said twenty-eight.
0: I don't. I, I don't put me on the spot like that. Why did you say twenty-eight? Are you is that that sleight of hand? You're trying to draw my attention to something. No. Okay. Uh, is that your birth date?
1: No. When I got into cybersecurity.
0: <laughs> oh, it's when you got. You were twenty-eight when you got into cybersecurity. Okay, so can you lead me? Uh, we'll come back to social engineering and bots. What led you? into you
1: harry potter
0: oh harry potter yeah we didn't finish that story though so harry potter and then you got you did a penetration and then
1: i mean if i were to sit there i mean
0: this podcast would go on for out. keep it like high level like what happens harry how how explain the harry potter connection
1: all right so we were we were developing the harry potter website right the, the
0: website and the guy who did the graffiti thing
1: right he defaced it we tracked him down it was a 16 year old kid
0: how did you find him
1: his IP address, because back then there weren't even People weren't smart enough to put firewalls at their house.
0: Uh oh. so always had
1: your real IP address and then people oh. would host websites at their house. So it kindly had his information and his phone number on the website.
0: Oh my God. Oh my God. And then what happened?
1: We may have given him a call.
0: Oh my God. Oh, right. And you shook him down and then he, Wow. Okay. And then, and then you, so you go from those penetrations, you do a bunch of others, you've exposed all that You actually had a huge thing that people are doing now. You said
1: the Robin Sage thing,
0: the Robin Sage thing. This is a fascinating story.
1: So the reason why it was Robin Sage, I picked it specifically for the name, right? Robin Sage was a training exercise to become, to join army, uh, Rangers. All right. So you had to pass Robin's age as one of qualifications. I picked it to see how many people would realize that, well, the name two that. If you were to do a background check on and they all come up to be men that are over 60 years old. But I used a picture of a woman that was in her 20s.
0: All please all note the social engineering happening in this experience that Tom is creating. <laughs>
1: Right. So what I did was I created a bunch of persona. I created her persona across three different platforms, Facebook, okay. Twitter, and LinkedIn. So she looked like a real person. Right. And then I put her working at Cyber Command, which was really net war com at the time because it was Navy. And I purposely left some mistakes to see who would pick up on it. Because my key thing was always, who. how do you do your research? Right. right. When you're interacting with people, do you know who that person is? Or do you just go by what they've posted? Right. All right. And I, I even just went over this in my clubhouse room on Wednesday, you know, because there was a whole big gaffe around that. You don't know the people you're talking to. At what point do you decide to do a background check and verify everything? You know, but then there's this lovely thing called OSINT, Open Source Intel, And what that'll allow you to do is do things like Google dorking. So when this person says this, can I find anything? Can I find this? Can I find this? Now go back to the social engineering piece. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, if you're not sure about somebody and you meet them in person, what would be the first thing you would ask them for?
0: Am I on a date or am I just meeting their ID? Oh, can I get your business card? Can I get your business cards? Okay, so gentle ID.
1: Right. The Not
0: really gentle ID.
1: Right. Because the worst thing you can give somebody, no, there's two worst things you can give to people. The worst thing is your business card. And then the second, the most worst thing you could ever give anybody is your resume.
0: Oh boy. Tom, what are we going to do? I've already done that.
1: <laughs> but That's the point. Unless you know how to use that information. That's the right. key thing.
0: So okay then, so so what yeah. can I have a question about that what makes it the, the two worst things that they they can give you I mean it's a ton of your identity I'm guessing
1: Okay so you need three key things to identify a person okay you've just given them those three name email phone number oh,
0: what? yeah damn okay. it
1: now with the email and phone number you can put it up and see if they've ever been in a breach oh look it up and then you can download the breach data from that and get their passwords at that time now if you're not accustomed to constantly changing your passwords now they may be able to break into your email if they break into your email and you're not using two factor authentication now they could take over all your social media hence going back to the robin sage thing oh my
0: god i'm really glad i have two factor authentication let me tell you it's a pain in my ass and i hate well, which it every one time do you but have? um i have well, I don't know. It's some, there's, off there's thing. three
1: different types. You could do text, you could I'm do text. Name, or you could do authenticator.
0: I have depend. Well, for, I have two forms of authentication. One, my, uh, one for that we use for our internal service for the, for work. We use an authenticator okay. yep. and for everything else I use text.
1: You but should use uh, an authenticator for
0: everything. For everything. Okay. Oh God. Authenticator. Okay, we'll come back to it, but uh, everyone listening, use an authenticator for everything. You heard it from Tom and he saves people's lives digitally. So authenticator for everything. Is it because someone can redirect texts? Is this a thing? Okay. So if your, email, if
1: your email, exactly. So if you get a SIM swap, it's called a SIM swap. They can clone and capture all your
0: texts. And you know what? I, be- I, I mean, I would normally think you're crazy, but I actually believe this. You know what else is happening now? People can clone car keys. So you, I had my car broken into, and it has it has that electric. What remote. kind of car do you have? I have a Honda.
1: Okay, so it's not that bad. Be happy you don't have a BMW.
0: I oh why are they worse? Probably
1: the most hackable to bluejacking. I actually have a video of guys breaking into my neighbor's cars doing a blue jack.
0: What's a blue jack? So Bluetooth.
1: It, it's a blue yeah because those key key fobs you have run off of Bluetooth yeah. Yeah, you can intercept the frequency when you hit the key to go to the door and then just pop their doors open.
0: Well, that's too bad for people who own those. I'm going to advise one of my friends. <laughs> that is crazy. Yeah, but it's it's remarkable what's clonable. Like I you think that this thing that has your password, that has your face ID, that has your authenticator, that whatever, is secure. It would not it's not. It's a lie. Like do not you have it's a lie.
1: Uh, I'll give you a perfect example with your phone. I don't care if it's an iPhone or an Android. Guess what? what? Most people use their face authenticator to get on there. Guess yes. what happened during COVID? You couldn't use it. So you're sitting there typing your pin in in front of security cameras that are around you everywhere. So every security camera has picked up your pin, typing it in.
0: Gross. And I would love to, like this is before people get into the world of this sounds crazy. It's not crazy. It's, is it. This is a guy, okay, Tom has worked for, extremely high profile political officials and he's done so this robin sage thing wants to finish a story we'll we'll go back on track it it is remarkable what he's been able to achieve and what he can see in the back end because he is basically a cyber break and enter specialist <laughs> like he can you can he's done things he's risked his own instagram identity if you will to see if he could outsmart the people who are hacking through with those that bitcoin when you know everyone all your friends are like hey i just deposited 150,000 he allowed that to happen chose knowingly to click the link to say to engage with an account and his account got hacked did you ever recover it
1: yeah i did it took a month
0: it took a month but you didn't have to pay them
1: no you had to be brutal about it to facebook because because what they'll try and do there's a couple of different ways so i complained about it enough on clubhouse that i knew they were listening for the sole reason the exact things i said to fix the problem on clubhouse ended up being the fix wow okay so what i said should be the fix so the first thing they had is you know they'll go by your old email and your old phone your old email used to create the account and the phone number used to create the account. That didn't work because somebody already changed all that information. Didn't work. The problem is, as you're going to get it back, they only respond to you between 11 p.m. and 7 a.m. So that tells you you're in the area of the world where their support is. Okay. Next problem you'll run into, it just kept being a pain in the butt every day. Then they tell you to use facial authentication. Well, two problems. If you haven't used your picture on your social media account, it won't work. Or if you've lost weight, yes, the facial authentication doesn't work. Wow. So in that time frame, I had lost about 60 pounds. Wow. So the facial authentication did not work.
0: That is so interesting.
1: All right. So then I was saying... Well, the quick fix for it, so you don't have to use so much support, is maybe have all the, your close friends on the social media verify that your account is hacked, and then they help you get your account back faster. Yeah, right? and that was that ended up being the fix. And then it took about a month for that to happen. Wow. You know, because the key thing is, you know, they don't want to fix everybody's account. Let's not forget how many accounts they have, and then also to them, it doesn't matter if your account is hacked because you're still an active user, even if it's controlled by an account takeover or not. And it's only about the numbers.
0: Right, well, I mean, what isn't about the numbers, right? Okay, so going back to Robin Sage, you've created this profile, this person who is now, you're now presenting as a female is on three platforms and you've put her on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn, and you've left little Easter eggs, little clues, to show that this isn't the same person, and if someone was l- looking and doing research, they yep. would know. Yep. And the purpose the purpose of Robin Sage, you named it after a, an exercise from the military. Is that what you said?
1: Mm-hmm. Yep.
0: And it, the pr- the purpose that you were using this profile for was to essentially get- to show the
1: dangers of social media.
0: So show the so show the dangers of social media. Wow. Okay. So and the reason you, why I you exploited people now. for
1: it. The reason yeah. why I picked a female is, let's face it, guys are suckers.
0: Okay.
1: All right. The other thing was I also got to- Notice how I said, it.
0: okay, and didn't agree.
1: <laughs> I agree. I'm, I, I'm,
0: being, I'm being gentle.
1: <laughs> no. And then the other thing is that for the whole time I did that, I got to experience the bullshit that women go through.
0: Interesting.
1: All right. And the worst part is I still have all the screenshots of everything that was messaged back then. Wow. So. The fake account got job offers and everything else.
0: Wow.
1: Now, you know, that. And where I pissed people off is I picked the three most influential people in cybersecurity at the time as people to connect to, and they connected. And everyone's like, oh, but whatever. I'm like, the purpose wasn't to make a fool of them. The purpose right. was to actually use their influence. somebody sees oh you're connected to three most people in the industry you know it gives you
0: social status it gives you leverage it gives you credibility
1: and but people weren't thinking that way and 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 that's where some of the drama came in like they wouldn't let me talk at black hat ever since i did that I, i submitted talks and everything else and it was like whatever now after that it's like I'm like, it's kind of funny they do it because it's taught in 28 different universities right now in their cybersecurity and their homeland security programs. If you were to go to academia.edu, there's over 200 papers written on it, referencing to it.
0: Wow. Okay.
1: And and it's referenced, I think it's in like 40 different books. And and you know how much I made on it?
0: Zero dollars. You're yeah. right. That sounds about right. When you go and influence and change the world and it, but people, when they get, ex- when vulnerabilities get exploited, people sometimes have a harder time when you're right and they're wrong. It's actually, Hey, Kate, Harry Potter moment when Percy finally realizes that everyone else was right. So he had been, ex- he excommunicated himself from his family being like the dark Lord. Voldemort has not returned. Whatever his name was, Lord Voldemort. I uh, and he still didn't talk to them until like the seventh book or something. And it's like, well, and Dumbledore said something about like it's, you know, sometimes easier to stay mad at someone when you're wrong and they're right, and you're not like you're not ready. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's the same thing that's happening here. And it's it's I mean, okay, fine, it's a fiction book, but it's still about I mean, ultimately, it's based on human experience, right? So you look at it and you're like, okay, well, wouldn't it be insane for you to not speak at Black Hat when you were able to reveal that that amount of information, those revelations that came to be that showed how humans are so susceptible to the influence of others? That is powerful stuff and crazy that that it would ever get you uh, on a list where it's like, maybe he shouldn't talk. (laughs) He might, he might find out our vulnerabilities. And you're just too good, man. I don't know what to tell you. You're just no, too good. I just,
1: yeah, I'm, but the problem is now I also have the reputation of, hey, isn't that the guy who posts as a female on the internet?
0: <laughs> well, I mean.
1: And then it puts the, every, the mindset in everybody's head from back in the AOL days.
0: Oh, yeah. It's yes. like
1: where everybody says, oh, you're dream girl. And then they show this big, giant, fat guy behind the computer.
0: <laughs> That's funny.
1: Yeah, I mean, but that's the reality of it, but it's like the funniest part is nobody before teaching this in any of the universities, not one of them called to ask me, hey, could I have the slide deck for that or anything? But the few people that did have it, you know, and the people that did know about it was what was epic, you know, because it was literally shit 98 slots. Wow. Wow. And it showed the whole process It showed the whole thing of EXIF data and images and how EXIF data can be used to track your location, okay? And everyone's like, okay, where was that ever used? Well, there was a hacker that went by the handle trick who, you know, he got busted by um, MI6 for making terroristic threats on phone calls. So they arrested him. And then all of a sudden he flees the country and becomes the cyber caliphate for ISIS. He posts one picture with the EXIF data and he got droned. Wow. I mean, everyone's like, okay, so who cares about the EXIF data? Well, think of a a woman that's gone through a bunch of bullshit Mm -hmm. and all the EXIF data. There were apps out there like creepy that would go through like Twitter and everything else and track up your whole movement based on that EXIF data in an image that you posted.
0: So how do people find, like, so for someone like me, who's like, this sounds terrifying, how do I manage this? Where is my EXIF data? Like, is it, so you said it's on pictures? Is it deletable? Like where where it does is. this even live?
1: All right, so you can have EXIF scrubbers on your phone or your laptop that'll pull all that data out before you post it. The other thing that I always tell people is, you know what, you go on that vacation that you freaking love, don't post pictures from there, wait until you get home.
0: Yes. I, you know, what's funny is I didn't learn that from cybersecurity, but now that I know that, that is so interesting. And it also makes me wonder, like when you have a a device that you're taking photos on, it is automatically uploading to something like, I don't know, Google photos or a, Mm -hmm. a cloud storing app for your photos. Is there a risk there as well? Yes. Okay.
1: Okay. The risk is you didn't secure it. Right. Okay. I mean, I do know plenty of people that lock their accounts well enough to where it won't be shared anywhere else. Right. But if you didn't, if you don't know the steps to securing it, that's where the problem comes in. Right. You
0: know? And how many like people actually instance, know?
1: I'll give you a perfect example. Say you were a plastic surgeon to the Hollywood okay. stars. Right. You had all of this stuff stored and the hackers knew that. Do you think you're not a target?
0: You're definitely a target.
1: Right, but they don't think like that. Doctors look at, hey, I'm the best plastic surgeon in the world. Right. Okay, I'm a small business. Why would anybody hack me? But but they forget the most important thing. Who are you related to? Okay, who do you work with? You can have this nice little boutique shop, you know, and you could have three high profile customers that come in there all the time. They're not going for your business, they're going for any information you have on them. You know? Wow. You have to look at it that way. I mean, I've dealt with cases where it was actually the competitor that tacked into them. Shut up. No, it was a hostile takeover going on and that competitor was hacking in. And I thought they were gonna be smart and hack in from a different country, but, you know, logs tell everything. You know, and it was easy to try. It literally took me a while to figure out who it was. And I'm like, oh, this is who it is. This is how they did it. And the reason why you're able to find out is because there was an exploit somewhere else that allowed you to verify all that information.
0: There's so much about technology. I don't know. <laughs> I'm like, like oh, my technology God.
1: Technology without limits. Like, for instance, yeah. how often do you see these cryptocurrency places getting hacked? It feels like it happens often, doesn't it? Yeah,
0: it really does.
1: Now, here's the biggest problem with it. The platforms they they write the code on, you know it could be like Solidity, which does smart contracts and things like that. There's no tools to test the security on it, and there's no tools to monitor the security on it. So how are you supposed to detect if you're vulnerable or exploitable? and how are you supposed to protect yourself if you don't know those two things? You can't. Exactly. So when somebody gets in, it's game over.
0: Wow. Wow. You can really dance. That is okay. So we've talked I didn't
1: even go into car hacking yet.
0: Okay, but what else? I mean, like, this, this is this is just remarkable. I feel like, okay, let's finish Robin Sage. You make this, you create some social profiles. You've got the Robin Sage to connect with some really high profile cybersecurity people. So she yep. looks credible. She looks trustworthy. She's beautiful. And now she's beginning getting job offers. Yep. So what happens next?
1: So to give her more street credibility, I started publishing exploits under her name.
0: Oh. Um. So, were you doing the, was it an actual exploit and you were doing it and pretending it was her? Yep. Okay, got it. Yep. And then I, mean, what I can literally
1: do this on a weekly basis. Wow. I mean, there's a whole black market for selling these uh, exploits, which most people don't realize. You know, like, how, like, for instance, the next zero day exploit, everyone's like, well, when would it come out? It's usually by the holidays. The reason why is because that's when people have their guard down. Well, guess what's coming up in a month?
0: Right? The beginning of right. six weeks <laughs> of distraction. Uh huh. Wow. So, after you published these exploits, if you were to talk about that case study a little bit and what happened, like what happened next? Like, what was the result of Robin Sage?
1: So, a couple of people started digging into her, and I don't take away their credit. Um, and then how did I deflect it, all right? So the key thing was it, two people figured out who it was. So what I had to do was I had to turn Robin Sage into a troll and say, oh, really? And then I would bring up stuff about them that I knew from doing quick Osynth on them. And as you bring this stuff up, you know, people, it's a nervous reaction, then they back off.
0: Right, because it's a threat. And so it's fight, flight, fight, flight, fight, flee, whatever, you know. Mm
1: -hmm. So they start backing up like, all right, let's not get into this conversation. And that's what happened with a lot of this. So then I took all I did with Robin Sage and took that to the Occupy stuff. I even used the Robin Sage Journey Occupy stuff to, you know, just to trigger a few people. And what I started doing was I took all their posts and I spun up a little bot army. Oh my God. Because of what most people don't realize the best tools out there for intelligence are marketing tools.
0: That's too bad. <laughs> That's too bad. Okay. So that kind of brings us back into the world of bots. So you spun up an army of bots. And were these designed to be influencing bots, like bots that influence other people?
1: It was. And it was meant to be a blocker bot.
0: What's a blocker bot?
1: So basically what you're able to do is you're able to take those bots with those bots. Okay. Every time there was an OWS or occupy wall street hashtag, I crossed hashtag that with porn. Now, do you know why I did that?
0: No, I don't, but I feel like it's going to be very interesting. I feel like it would link based on what we've talked about before. It would link those two things together and it would flood their feeds with things that are related would that be because it does the system so students... what it would
1: do, what it would do is then if you're going to look at it from work you're not going to be able to see it because your work proxy would block porn if you were to look at it from school you could not see it because that work proxy would block porn so it's essentially meant to control the message that you cannot see
0: wow and so this literally could be done with anything this could be i when you mentioned election season I'm like this could skew what people like you, what you get to see and consume, you think your newsfeed is yours. Right. But it's not.
1: Right. Back then it took about to make something trend on Twitter back then. Uh, it took about between 200 and 400 tweets to make a trend. Now it takes about, about 4,000. Wow. So if you were to create a And now the worst part is nowadays it's designed where you can spin them up so fast. You know everyone's going to think you have this massive farm of stuff. You could pretty one person with enough devices or not. Technologies change so much. You could spin all these up in different Docker containers and literally do it from right here, right in front of me, where I have about eight different computers.
0: Wow. And so what would be the motivation for set? Like if someone has eight computers in front of them, or they're able to have their own little, essentially a bot farm, like a mini one, a tiny one, mm-hmm. um, what would be the motivation for it?
1: So bunch of different things. So great. You bring that up. So say you are my competitor. Okay. Okay. And I wanted, I don't like you. So oh. I'm going to use that bot farm to interact with all your tweets that are part of your marketing campaign. And that's gonna burn up your marketing budget.
0: Oh yeah, because your cost per click, if you have the one thousand dollar budget, 10, a ten thousand dollar budget click,
1: a cost yeah. per response, cost per, per whatever.
0: And there'll be no conversions, it'll just right. be right. Wow. And so for groups like Twitter and I mean Instagram, I notice a lot of bots as well. Like there, there's just
1: oh, Instagram has blown up out of control ever since I they have... had this cross-tagging stuff.
0: I I, I joke about this. I said,
1: because I've brought up the stuff about cross hashtagging with porn before. Yes. It feels like that's what my Instagram feed has become because it's all that gets cross matched.
0: Yeah. I like it. It was, I mean, you know me reasonably well. I like the stuff that has been recently appearing on my feed. I'm like, why are they sending me girls in mesh suits? Like, there is nothing about what I follow. But when I look at the hashtags, because I was trying to figure out what it is, I'm also nervous to keep it on my screen because I'm like, well, it does it consider me engaging with it that I'm interested in this. But I'm like, I gotta figure out how this isn't gonna happen because i don't I don't care to see it. It's not for me. I don't want it. And a lot of it, like it'll even have business hashtags on it. Or mm-hmm. like I'm like, that is fascinating. or they'll have co- like collaborations with accounts that were originally um I'll use the word clean, like like safe for work essentially accounts. And they're no longer that way. I'm like, how do you how do you do this? Why or why? It was just very interesting.
1: Yeah. I don't have the like accounts like I it. literally watch are from the photographers in the area and the great pictures that they take. Yeah. But this is one, there's like two of them I watch all the time because they have like the best photography pictures of everything in New York City from the Statue of Liberty up to the edge. You wow. know, and it's like Wow. And then you're getting all this other BS. It's like, dude, I don't want to see this. No, I'm like, especially, oh, great. I'm going to look at this while I'm on a work call. And it's like, where'd this come
0: from? Yeah, no, no, thanks. No, thank you. That is so interesting. So with the blowing up of bots, I guess one of my questions is how many bots are there? Like, I mean, it feels like there's more
1: bots than people. Because here's the biggest problem. Nobody has sat down and said, okay, what is a bot? Um, Because there's so many definitions to it. Like the first one I actually saw built, this I think it was going back, it was probably about 2008. Canadian friend of mine, Seth Hardy, he he was so sick of Twitter. He literally had a tweet every time he flushed the toilet. Oh my God.
0: (laughs) So, wow.
1: Yeah, I mean... It, he, he took like a Raspberry Pi and hooked it up. And every time he flushed the toilet, it would tweet because that's what he thought of Twitter at the time.
0: That's funny. And it, did it tweet something specific
1: or did it? It tweet... would tweet different things. It okay. was like,
0: wow. So, how like that is so there's no real way to know if you're engaging with someone real. You can use bots to influence, bots to block.
1: You can take AI and nowadays the joke is you can take AI and have conversations with it.
0: You can. I have seen this.
1: What if, with United Airlines and
0: <laughs> Well, yeah, but like if you look at so for example, I think there's an app um it's designed to essentially act as a therapist. It's all over the interwebs. I believe I don't I don't want to say names, but I I'll tell you later. And basically it asks you questions, it checks in on you and you respond. And people be like I feel so heard. I feel like this. It really understands me. I'm like you're. As you have a, a now created an emotional attachment to essentially a question generating app that validates your feelings. And this reminds me: is it the movie Her? Is that what it is? Where the, where the guy falls in love with his robot AI voice. And I'm, it. This goes to show that so much of, about um, connection and chemistry or chemistry. Or perceived chemistry can be the uh, sensation, perception, and experience of connection. So AI don't could worry, really it's influence step that.
1: Beyond that, don't oh, worry. Really? They've started putting this in sex toys. Not gonna lie.
0: What, Kate? Not that I want to know, but
1: what? what? Remember? Remember back in the early two thousands, they came out with this real doll thing.
0: Um. No, but. Well, I, I remember
1: because of A from HBO.
0: Uh-oh.
1: HBO used to have that stuff on there every so often. And now they're apparently, I forget. I think I was listening to Joe Rogan and I heard about an AI built into it. I was like, I'm like, are people this desperate? And well, then, oh, wait, I no, I saw an app for it too, for your fake girlfriend on Instagram. Because we were talking about this. I have a screenshot of it. I could send it to you.
0: Oh my I God, do that. It was an
1: ad. I was like, oh my God.
0: So what's the purpose of it? Is to, to make you feel loved?
1: No, because I I think about, here. here's the bad part. So here's my problem with bots, okay? And then I'll go back into the AI stuff. So the problem with bots is, I've seen this happen a few times from a mental health perspective, Right. okay? From a mental health perspective, I've seen like these influencers lose a bunch of followers and then they commit suicide. They had one off the Brooklyn Bridge like two years ago wow and i'm like wow that's messed up and i'm like well are they sure they lost followers or are they sure that the social media platform didn't go in and do a cleanup on the fake accounts right all right because that'd be a pity if they committed suicide over fake accounts
0: that would be you
1: know that that's one case now the other thing is the ai side of the house you know because i've done this from the cybersecurity side to where because those are the aren't geeks. They're ML, which teaches the AI. You can pollute the ML, machine learning, to have the AI make bad decisions. Wow. All right. So what if you did the same thing to one of these fake girlfriend bots? Because they have to be trained. So if you right. corrupt the training module, then you've corrupted the whole thing.
0: So theoretically, what do these, if it was, if it was a well-trained girlfriend bot, what, <laughs> what would the well-trained girl, girlfriend bot do? And then if we were to corrupt her, what, what would be like, just as a more tangible example for, for people like me, who are am like, what do you mean a girlfriend bot? Like,
1: I, I don't know. Truthfully, I can't even, I can't even imagine right. the possibilities of what you can do. I mean, it's almost like when I saw that ad on Instagram, I'm like, should I play with this? And then, my uh, answer
0: is yes, because I have questions.
1: <laughs> and then my wife will go, well, why are you getting this fake AI bot, <laughs> this fake AI girlfriend?
0: Honey, just put the kid in some Versace. It'll be fine.
1: <laughs> no, she'll, she'll be like, well, let me play with it for a while. Let me see how I can corrupt it.
0: Oh, is your, is your wife into cybersecurity as well? No. No. Okay.
1: No, I purposely did that. Stuff. That would be the worst thing ever.
0: <laughs> I mean, smart. I like balance. I like diversity. Okay, so wow, I don't even know how to. I don't know how to compute that, but um, that is.
1: Don't get ideas of an AI boyfriend.
0: No, I don't want one. I I'm happy. I'm happily single. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I do like myself right now, but it makes me wonder when you have. AI bots, like those, or an AI girlfriend or an AI boyfriend, or the, the therapy through an a bot, could you socially engineer people? You must be able to. No.
1: Like, it well, that's the whole thing. It wouldn't be hard. They do it with deep fakes now. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I'll give you the example, the easiest way to do a deep fake. All right. So think of all the podcast software, right? This yeah. is the simplest way. And if you were to go in and you go, so an example, Descript, and you go in and modify what people say. Oh, no. Okay. Now picture this. Okay. Now people use voice for two-factor authentication. So imagine us, all of them, all our captured voices on Clubhouse, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Twitter spaces, podcasts, Mm -hmm. interviews taking that same thing and making us say anything to bypass a voice authentication on an app. Wow. This is the phase that we're at and we've already dealt with it in the cybersecurity space to the point I've... where they've done deep fakes on video calls.
0: I, my first experience with the deep fake, not personal, I was watching a TED talk, let's be honest, um, but it was my first experience of seeing something the guy presented Barack Obama, four faces of Barack. And he's like, tell me which one was Barack. Mm-hmm. And then he finished with none of them were. None of them were him. None of them were his, what he said. None of them were his, what. And I was floored. Cause I was like, I'm, I'm trying to watch for mannerisms. I'm trying to watch for like intonation inflex, uh, Like how you, uh, you like just change your words and sound your, your vocal timbre. No, it was, I mean, I, 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 from, an audience member could not discern that all of them were fake. I had no idea.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I also leading question, which one of these is fake, but it's, uh, I, I would have thought all four could have been real. That was my biggest takeaway. And so that, that, that is interesting. There's actually this technology where I recently saw an advertisement for it. It, it might be Adobe. It might be Google. I can't quite recall, but it says record anywhere and get studio quality sound and this one girl goes through it and she samples a bunch of different things and she was able to i would say show that it's not actually making studio quality sound it is replicating your voice in an entirely new recording
1: mm-hmm.
0: and i would that is that there that's the level of like that's scary there i i was you, people could make you say whatever you wanted and yep. so, yeah, okay, voice authentication. But at what point can be like, Clarissa said this in a meeting. Clarissa said this on social media. Yep. I, and it it is <laughs> wild. It is wild. And there's even another guy who just developed another sort of AI where if I took a photo somewhere and I post on social media and I search for it, I can find people, this was released on Twitter, like two weeks ago, maybe, maybe a little bit longer, where they can see other cameras that were recording at the same time. So you can see different angles of that picture being taken. Mm-hmm. What? Okay. For what reason was that invented? That's insane. No one needs that.
1: I'd you? love to see that one because what I've started to see you and I were talking about this beforehand, all these deep fake accounts that were created mm-hmm. on LinkedIn Yes. on that security article and the yeah. purpose. Those, those were a whole different purpose. They were clone accounts. And it was basically to change the premise of all the data collection devices. So we all know all those main sites are out there getting web scraped. The problem is it's polluting databases that are perceived to be real. All right. So think of sales software like Sales Navigator and, or Zoom Info, stuff that's used in sales to so get the information on people. Well, now it's polluted with all this new data from all these fake accounts. Now, the other problem with that, and I started playing with this long time ago to see how people are collecting it. If you're to look at my LinkedIn profile, it's totally controlled as to what it says. Not everything on it is real. And I tell people that I'm like, don't go by my LinkedIn profile. If this is real. I'll send you a real resume. Because it's things purposely left out, things purposely obfuscated. Like right. it has me with a... Uh, you know, a master's degree and an undergrad. I never went to college. I've taught myself everything. Right. Okay. Red flags right there. I've also controlled the timeline as to where it's at, so you can't guess my age. Wow. So the amount of information.
0: So twenty-eight.
1: <laughs> twenty-eight. That's it. Yep.
0: Twenty-eight. Twenty-eight. That's it. 28. That's all. And for those of yeah, for those who missed the uh, non-recorded part of this podcast, we were what Tom was referring to is that there's been people, high-profile people, have their profiles duplicated on platforms where we don't know necessarily who's who it could really look. It could really look like someone, you know, or the person you think it is. And it's not, it's not, it's a fake.
1: Right. What the problem is they'll say they're the head of this part of an organization and have an email that looks like that yes. and a phone number. So wow. if they have to call, all right, this is where the real problem is for organizations. If they have to call for cash transfers. It will go to the fake person to approve it. All right. And that's one of the bigger problems.
0: What a time to be alive. Okay. Cash transfers. This is a great question. This actually leads into one of the articles we were talking about uh, before the podcast. If I was to send you $50, how would you accept? What would be the best way for me to send you money? What would you trust? Uh-huh.
1: What would I trust?
0: Cash emails. Is that the safest thing to do right now?
1: Cash or or the other one where it's actually tied to banks and there's credit to it would yeah. probably be PayPal because we've seen Venmo and Zelle where if money's transferred through them, they won't pay it. There's no, because they're just a middleware. And yeah, they're it, a conduit. Know, yeah, and, and they're not responsible for it. And we started seeing all these big banks that would not pay for it and people that are getting burnt out from that.
0: Right, and so for listeners, Zelle and Venmo are cash transfer apps, essentially. Uh, it's really popular uh, young, among younger humans, young young people. Uh, and To so us 28-year-olds. That's us 28-year-olds, Venmo me for dinner. Uh, and it, it's not a secure platform because if they get hacked, they aren't responsible for the money, which is what you were saying. What was that Zelle situation about?
1: Right. So essentially it was going through all the different uh, banks that are not paying it out, you know, yeah. because of that specific reason, the security okay. problem wasn't with the bank. It wasn't with their software. Zelle is a middleware that's not FDIC insured. Oh, the bank is FDIC insured. but you chose to use that middleware, which the bank just, you put in your account information into that middleware. So the I bank wonder, is not responsible. If,
0: what has people choose middleware like Zelle or Venmo over using uh, an e-transfer from a bank? Like, what would have Takes people use? Takes,
1: Takes too long. long. Takes too long, and then the cost of the transfer. Cost and so the they, transfer. They, they they've kind of done the same with PayPal because they don't want to pay those transfer fees. Oh. Uh,
0: I, uh, I don't know what I have for a banking situation, but I don't get charged for e-transfers and that's awesome. <laughs> like, That's incredible. And I'm grateful because I had no idea that I, that wouldn't even, wouldn't have even occurred to me as an obstacle, but because fees are a barrier for people, like if you're younger and five bucks feels like a lot of money or three bucks feels like a lot of money, like I'm transferring you 20 bucks. I don't transfer you. I don't want to be 23 of well. Cut the service fees all of a sudden you look like a the type of service I would like to use, which is mm-hmm. very fascinating. Very now the fascinating.
1: problem the problem is you no know, what what normally happens is they can transfer you say five hundred dollars okay. and say I made a mistake. So when they transfer it back, they get your banking info and then they can drain your account. Wow. Uh, the, those are the things that people don't think about. And it's just being this, geek, here, here's the biggest problem about being in this industry. Mm-hmm. I tell people don't get in cybersecurity unless you plan on a life of endless learning, because this stuff changes so fast.
0: I, yeah, that is crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, you you have to be curious and willing to learn because it it moves fast. It moves so fast
1: the hacks change all the time i mean e- even the ai stuff the us just came out with an ai for, they, they'll call it an ai bill of rights that they're starting that they're starting to initiate what we should do on you know what we can do with ai to me it scares me that government's getting involved with it
0: i just ai with rights seems so strange cuz it's not real it's oh. literally called artificial is well, is that okay. just me being ignorant? I could that I could be.
1: Well, it's funny because Elon Musk in the it was the beginning of the week he came out with his robot.
0: Okay, you you wanted to talk about okay what what happened with Elon? I miss I, I have been buried in paint colors that I don't like and a broken computer and I, so what happened this week?
1: <laughs> no, he can he, he showcased his robot.
0: Okay, he showcased a robot. Right and now we have an AI of right?
1: lights in the same week. Do he actually
0: think- showcased it Friday. Okay. Then,
1: then the AI Bill of Rights thing came out yesterday and it became and does, a topic of conversation.
0: So does Elon believe, I don't know, you may not know that. Oh, no, he, he believe-
1: he's, he's, he, he's he, weirdly enough, he, he, he always talks about where AI is going to go and it scares him. Same right. thing with robots, you know?
0: <laughs>
1: advantage of it, he has to take advantage of it. If he's doing self-driving cars, it had. Right tons of data to learn
0: so do you think elon would be pro bill of rights for ai
1: i think he would be see he's an interesting guy i always look at him i'm like man that whole paypal mafia got crew they're all freaking they, they all blow my mind you know you got Thiel, you got Musk, you know and the rest of them and it's like but those are the two that come up all the time and then when you start to see where they've gone and the direction that they've gone, I mean, you turn around, all right, look at deal. You know, he's a big player with Palantir and Palantir is just AI for decision making. And going back to that whole story with, you know, you know, changing people's mind and influence. They always said, Oh, Palantir is bad. And like I look at it. I'm like, all right, if you ask me, it's a freaking great tool. Okay. The problem is it's not the tool that's bad. It's the intent of the person that has access to it.
0: It's like saying money is evil. <laughs> right. Money is money is just a tool. It's and a so tool. AI is also a tool. And it, I, I still like, I mean, we're using AI for some of our products and services right now. And the one thing AI hasn't picked up for us is nuance. There's like, and so that's the biggest thing I, I've noticed with the AI we have. And it could just be the quality of tech. I don't know. But Mm -hmm. I'm like, there's nuance that's, that's gotten missed that it doesn't know. And I don't know how to teach it. it, And I don't know, but but here's what my observations are. And so with the Palantir and that social decision-making it's like as long or social engineering, it's almost, it would work in a world of a benevolent dictatorship, right? Where it makes sense to like align the people and, and, but how can you, who really knows what how to govern the decision in a way that's going to have the best possible outcome because you any direction you go has unintended consequences right they just do and so how do you how do you play out every possible outcome without putting that risk out there I, I have I don't have the answer obviously but it just makes me think well we we can think we're doing something good only to find out after the fact it wasn't so good
1: well here's a problem when we talk about this stuff we're only talking about a single country. Right. Okay? So that's us creating controls inside of our country. Doesn't mean our adversaries are going to have those same controls. Right. Okay. And that's As, the bigger problem.
0: And so, does that put us at an advantage or at a disadvantage?
1: It's a disadvantage because then they know our controls. And right. then, if you know somebody's controls, you know how you to exploit,
0: exploit them. them.
1: Right. So, if I go into, I'll give you an example from the physical security side. Say, Tom, I need you to break into this building. But you have to do it in such a way where you bypass the security guards and they're nice to you. That's easy. So you know how? I find out the people that work in that building. Okay, I pick the right time of day. I'm like, it poses a florist. I'm here to bring flowers for so-and-so for their birthday. Okay, now guess what you're going to do? You're going to know that person left the building because you've already done your OSINT on it. We'll see them walk out. We'll spoof call the guard from her desk. And then, you know, you're nice to them. Or you go to play the long game and you build a rapport with the guards. Wow. The way you build a rapport is, you know, you talk, you come in, you talk to them. Occasionally you'll bring them like food or drinks. That's influencing them. They already know who you are and say know who you are, they give you access. Or if they you come in all the time, say what they say, a T-Mobile shirt, they'll automatically assume you work with T-Mobile, okay? Maybe they know the people in the building use T-Mobile. All right, so then they let you in. Wow. It's building trust and influence. <laughs> but That's the way this stuff works. Right. uh, You know, this stuff has been going on way before tech, right? It's a whole trade craft for spies in the way they've always operated. It's not like, oh, the internet came out and this is happening. I'm like, no, the internet's a tool.
0: Yeah. The internet came out and just amplified what was already so. Right. Like cheating was happening before the internet. People were sending messages to each other before the internet. Mm -hmm. People were finding out how to sneak into buildings, finding out how to get.
1: I didn't send you that one. Oh, I got to send you that one. Oh, this guy created 40,000 fake accounts on Tinder and created and started targeting all these women in New York City.
0: I think there's a, there's a, I haven't watched it. There's something on Netflix, I think, called the Tinder Swindler.
1: Yeah, there was that. But this guy, this guy did it using AI. AI. He started using lines from like, you know, all famous, well-known actors, ladies, man, stuff like that. Like James Bond and all of those. Oh, wow.
0: That's smart.
1: I'm going to send that. I'll send that to you after this. That's. It was a TikTok um, video. So that's what made me laugh a bit more.
0: I, it is, I mean, my general rule of thumb that I don't love sharing because people think I trust them, but the truth is I don't really trust a lot. <laughs> I don't trust a lot. And I, I, this you got to ask questions. You got to, you got to be prepared to look under the hood and you also have to prepare to like, look at what you're seeing and ask yourself, is it really true? Is it really true? Is it? Cause it, you just, there's so much room for uh, things to not be true. And in the world of trust and influence, we actually talked before this as well, we, you know, given that we chatted for 10 minutes before the podcast started, we covered a lot of ground. Uh, we talked about how there's stuff in cybersecurity news that's big deals. Like, was it last week, the TV breach? Yeah. Is that where you, Yeah. So what is, what is happening? What's going on? Like, how so come the,
1: that, yeah. It's a whole different game. So it wasn't the TD bank got hacked. It was more of an insider threat that got access to customer data, but they were quick and diligent enough that they had caught them. Wow. All right. And this is the type of stuff that happened. And it's also happened before. I mean, the bigger one was Capital One when it was all over the news. It was an actual insider threat that had access. Wow. Okay. We always forget that. Well, who is the person that has access? You know, were we just too waxadaisical or did something trigger that person? What? You know, and that's the whole the whole problem because everybody figures technology is going to solve the problem. But then if you buy all this technology and you put cheap labor behind it, it goes back to the old saying, you know, skilled labor isn't cheap, cheap labor isn't skilled, okay? I have literally seen in my past to where, um, so I can't go into details, but it was an AI model and it was done by a third party company that was managing it. And they assumed everything which was called a false positive. Now they would kept marking these things as real false positives, but they were true positives. So what happened is the AI model just started to say, okay, this is no good automatically. And these real attacks that were coming in, it would never pick up on after a while. Okay, and that's some of the problems. Now, when we, I talked about the AI Bill of Rights, I would prefer it being more of a guideline and then when, in the US they have all these different pillars based on Homeland Security. I would prefer it if they broke it down into AI can be used this way and this way in each of these areas because we still need it, you know? And I think one of the benefits, like, I'll go back to Palantir. One of the bigger benefits I saw that, you know, Alex Carp did, he literally gave Palantir to all the hospitals during COVID to start collecting all that data and doing that research. Right. We freaking tame this. Okay. You were just complaining about it before how bad it is. Well, here it is doing good. What do you think we saw in the middle of last year? IBM just, IBM and Watson just, they weren't going to use it for healthcare anymore. But the week before that, nobody paid attention to the news of IBM partnering with Palantir for that. Whoa. I mean, and that's kind of what works best for the decisions that need to be made right okay and that that's always the tough part who builds out the best models who helps make those best decisions you know everybody gets scared of the camera stuff i'm like man i could show you how to bypass these cameras all the time like your biggest problem is you aren't situationally aware to know when you're being watched okay yeah you walk around the neighborhood how many ring cameras do you see it's they're everywhere <laughs> okay there's two problems there. Okay. okay. One, you're talking in front of that camera, it's picking up on your conversations. You don't know that. Okay. Right. So are you more afraid of the government or are you more afraid of Amazon keeping all your data? Because now they have all your conversations when you're walking blind.
0: Sure explains times, a lot of my ads.
1: <laughs> I mean, how many times have you talked on your phone? Okay. I laugh mm-hmm. at people, like, I don't understand this. You know, I'm talking about something and all of a sudden the ads are coming up. I'm like, well, what do you have on your phone? You have Messenger or WhatsApp? They're like, well, why does that matter? I'm like, it's all tied into freaking Facebook. Mm-hmm. Okay. And the for it to operate, it has to have voice enabled. So yep. it's always listening. And you clicked on, you accept the terms of service. You just mm-hmm. didn't read it.
0: Yep. You didn't know you agreed to this. And I mean, it terms of service are just such a painful thing to read too. Like it's that- it's it's insane, and it's microscopic font on your phone, and you just need to get a hold of your aunt, <laughs> let you know, or what, or you just want to talk to your friends, and it's just we that desire for convenience and connection we prioritize over understanding the what do, what risk does convenience pose to us.
1: Yep, and it will always be that way.
0: Oh yeah, I mean, I look at, oh, I in Alberta, we, uh, a few years ago, we started centralizing identification. And it was after I had gone through some pretty intense stuff involving police where it was like, don't keep any of your ID together. Keep like, they gave me things to keep me safe in my home and keep me safe from what I need to be kept safe from. Mm -hmm. Change where you uh, are like, always keep your keys in the same spot. So if you ever need to escape, this is what you need to do, but you can't, it shouldn't be right at your front door because that's easy to grab if someone breaks an entrance, blah blah blah. And so I'm going through all these things and they basically told me to scatter my stuff strategically, know exactly where it is, but don't keep everything in the same place. So the second we came out in Alberta with centralized identification, I just went, what? This is the this is the opposite of what I was told to do to keep myself safe. So now I'm putting everything in one spot. And so it I felt and I mean I can't really speak to it because what do I know, but it, based on what I had learned from that experience, it just seemed so available for risk available for, um, not good things. So what is it, do you have any insights onto centralized identification and what you think about it? All right.
1: So we're, we're starting to see a lot of that in the U S so we, they came out with a call, the real ID act. Okay. Okay. So it's basically you validating who you are for you to have real ID on your ID so you can travel anywhere you need to without having your passport or anything else. Okay. I'm like, it sounds super convenient, but guess what? It's not because now you've just validated everything anyway. Now, what people don't realize, like where I live. So I'm not living in New York because I don't want to pay their insane taxes. I live 15 minutes outside of New York and New Jersey. Well, guess what? Guess what? One of the guess what all the states have in common in the US? They sell all your driver's license information to data brokers.
0: Okay, so walk me through this. So they sell it to data brokers. What, how does that impact you now with the real ID? Yeah.
1: Well, it, it makes you wonder because I'm like, wow, you have all these illegal people coming in, but they'll give them IDs. They just can't technically get a real ID.
0: So whose identification are they using?
1: Right, and right. it's done quite often, you know, or or who's the crooked person behind the counter to do that? It's always crooked people that are sitting there making fake stuff, right? Or are they replicating it? See, the problem I have is I probably have the most generic name on the planet. I can tell you between New York and New Jersey, there's 1972 of us and four of us share the same birthday.
0: Wow. 1972 and four share the same birthday. Have exactly. you ever met them? That would be very interesting.
1: <laughs> One of them. One of them. Yep.
0: That was the weirdest thing ever, but yeah. Wow. Wow. What was that like? I mean, you said weird, but like, how did you? For, how did you meet this person? Did you just be like, "Yo, we're the same person"? No, at a certain point in my life, they were my next door neighbor. <laughs> you have got to be kidding me! Nope. Same name, same birthday, and a neighbor. Yep. What are the statistic? That is a glitch of the matrix. <laughs>
1: what? Yep. That is
0: crazy
1: but we weren't living here we were living in a different state at the time but still right and i had lived in one part of new york and he lived a much different part of new york wow
0: what a small like bizarrely small world well apparently tom ryan's like the same neighborhood (laughs) Well,
1: the bad part was at one time, it it jammed me up a little bit at the airports because it was also somebody with the same name in the IRA in Ireland. So that did not work out well too in their airports. No,
0: I don't imagine. And, you know, Ryan is a very Irish last name. So that's too bad. That's too bad. Okay. I want to talk a little bit about your business so that people can find you. You are a valuable tool and resources for businesses, for entrepreneurs, for people who wanting to understand and maybe lock themselves up in the world of cybersecurity get a little safer. So you, you have asymmetric response, asymmetric hyphen response.com. Mm-hmm. And tell me a little bit about what that business does and what, how people can find you and use you. So
1: as you can see, the site hasn't launched yet.
0: Oh, yes. There's well a reason for that. Why is that? The
1: easiest way to find me is on LinkedIn and it will probably be launching soon.
0: Excellent. Well, it looks great. The robot with the keyboard is very intense. <laughs> Uh, yeah. So Tom Ryan is findable. Uh, he is connected to me on LinkedIn. So if you need to verify his identity, I'm only friends, I think with one Tom Ryan on LinkedIn. Uh, yeah. And yeah, and you're, I just, what a wealth of knowledge you've managed to trick people into believing you were a female and they offered you jobs. And I think you got well, I look some, like a sexy family. Uh, you, you're rocking it. my <laughs> I think so. I think so. And it's just, it goes to show that if you are curious and have a little, and you're willing to ask some more questions and dig in a little deeper, you can find holes in virtually everything and everything. And again, Tom mentioned, he's not, doesn't have an undergrad, doesn't have a master's degree. This is self-taught. So that illusion that you need to go to school is just an illusion. You can to if you want to, but Tom has made a name for himself okay fine he doesn't talk a black hat but whatever he's hella employed and his kid wears versace (laughs) so he's doing okay guys he's doing okay oh she's Um, a great dancer she is too oh really how old is she now
1: 22 months
0: 22 months oh god she's getting so big
1: oh she's she's tall she's 28 pounds and can easily lift a 20 pound kettlebell
0: oh my god that's my kind of girl that's my kind of brutal. girl. That's well, watch out I'm world
1: around her. She that is... twice in the face last night. I was like, oh,
0: oh my goodness.
1: I tried to put her in her bed. That didn't happen.
0: No, no. You know, sometimes um, children are worthy opponents. I said, I like to call them. You are a worthy opponent. Great way to lose weight. It's a great way to lose weight. Is that what happened? Is that you had a kid and you just ran after and it all of a sudden fell off?
1: No, I just, here's the biggest problem with cyber. All right. And I always tell people, and I think one guy that does the best is this guy, Dave Kennedy, with this company, Trusted Sec. It's this whole big movement now for, you know, hacker health, because Mm. we're sitting here behind a computer for so long. We don't get away No. And what are we doing to improve our health? Because there's and sadly enough, there's a lot of a lot of guys in the industry dropping in their 50s. And it's because, all right, are you sedentary all the time? Are you go out and doing stuff? Are you, you know, What are you doing to improve your health? And I kind of got on that kick. Yeah. And I think the bigger, the, the thing that made me realize that was when I got COVID. Oh. Right? And that thing beat my butt. And I was like, it kind of prevented you from working out. So it deterred me for like a year. And right. Then I get back into it. It's like, Boom. So I got a per. I said, you know what, if you're going, you go all in, you get a health coach, you do this, you do this, you know, and then you start learning, you know, and once you get into that, your mind just clears up a lot. Yeah. Okay. And it's like, all right, boom, I can do this. I started time boxing stuff. I started, all right, this time, this time, this time you picked Friday night. I'm like, what kind of girl is this? She's picking me on a Friday night. I'm like,
0: <laughs> <laughs> I I told you, I'm leading a, a crazy life right now. I don't know what's. I know
1: at. you're like you're, you're like every other female I know right now. It's like you're, I mean, it's like on you're you fire. Know, you're on fire, and you have to go out and prove yourself, and you're oh, crushing it. That's a key thing.
0: Minus that paint job I did, my God, I'm I'm working through Reynolds, and it's okay. We make, I'm,
1: but we learn from mistakes.
0: It's true, and you know what? I will say, I I was going through it, and old Clarissa would have. um, I know the order you're supposed to paint, and there's there's certain things that weren't doable, and so I accepted that as a risk. <laughs> I was like, "That's to the prize, the prize, and, and the, this is a situation." So when I was doing what I should have done first today, and I made an error, I was like, "Well, there's so many things I don't like about this, but now I know, <laughs> now I know this, and it makes it that much easier." And, like you, there are so many things my parents have told me in the past that until I experienced them, I didn't understand the why. And even if you tell a kid why, or a person, why sometimes that memory isn't as locked in and as loaded and it, your ability to rapidly transform your performance often happens in the world of doing mm-hmm. when you're in the moment. So whether you're swimming, you're diving, you're hitting the water and you're not on that straight angle, you feel it. You feel it. You lift. I've I, I decided to give CrossFit a whirl. <laughs> oh that's so humbling oh, you no know, my right.
1: friend jack she was telling me yeah you should get into f45 i'm like huh what yeah and then you look at dave kennedy it's like he goes from the chugger
0: cybersecurity guy to move yep. it's well there's really effective things out there but when you start them it's like there's a lot of learning but if you don't try it you're not going to get better at it and yep. it's, you gotta try it. You gotta be willing to try and willing to be a beginner. I went in being like, no, I, I'm what I mean, at this particular gym, I happen to be in the middle of the pack for the age, but I also happen to be like the most beginner and you have to be willing to suck in front of your peers. And there is nothing short of, everyone's doing reps at different times because people are different speeds and I have to be okay with looking like a loser, <laughs> trying to figure out, if my body is doing the right motion for a snatch or a whatever the hell they're called, there's so many different words. It's going in and learning Greek, but it's, you gotta be willing to do it. Otherwise you just stay the same. And I don't want to stay the same.
1: Nope. Nobody does.
0: I don't want to stay the same. Hopefully not. I hope some people don't like change. I'm, I don't say, I wouldn't say I love change, but I would say I don't like stagnancy. So yep. I don't like that. Oh, Tom, what? I don't know how we took up as much time. I'm way over. I'm so sorry. Uh, But it's such a pleasure to chat and connect with you. You are so interesting. Please go look up Paige. Oh, sorry. Why did I just blank on her name?
1: Robin Sage.
0: Robin Sage. I called her Paige. (laughs) New name. Google Robin Robin Page experiment. Robin Sage experiment. I found it on a bunch of platforms. There's a bunch of things to talk about it. Tom is the reason that exists and it's still being used today. And it's important to look at the things like do you trust what you're seeing on the internet? And it, a lot of things can look real. And so learn about social engineering, learn about how to protect yourself online. It, there is a head of cyber defense or a head of defense. That's focused on cyber warfare, which I didn't even know was a thing in the states, but there is. And so, consider that if you if if America is willing to invest in a head of defense or whatever the title is for cyber warfare or cybersecurity, that should tell us that we should know more about it. And the truth is, a lot of us don't. I'm definitely one of those people who does not know enough about it. So, thank you so much for coming on. Any final thoughts you'd like to share before we part ways?
1: No, I mean, we should stay in touch more often. This is awesome.
0: Every time we talk, it's such a hoot. We've done this a couple of times and I'm like, oh, we need to talk more.
1: <laughs> yeah, we, we, yeah, but let's be realistic. Life takes over. Yeah. My munchkin takes over. She's yeah. probably, I hear her downstairs, you know, and she, she likes to wake me up in the morning. Yeah. She'll click on the light and go, da, da, da.
0: Aww.
1: That means she wants me to feed her. And then Uh. she goes running in the mom. She's like, bye.
0: You've served your purpose. Thank you, sir. You served your purpose. Excellent. Well, thank you again. And if you're looking for Tom, it's Tom Ryan. And on LinkedIn, he'll also be connected with asymmetric response. So you'll know that's the right guy. And he's connected to me. And again, thank you so much for popping on. And I look forward to talking to you soon.
1: Yep. Awesome. Thank you. Have a great one.
0: You too. If this podcast has landed with you, served, you provided value, please let us know. Give us a like, subscribe, share it with a friend that you know it will make a difference for. We are here to be a contribution and a service to others. We cannot wait to see you next time. Thanks again for tuning in. Take care.